Welcome to Karate in the Garage. I'm Corey Cope. I'm Freddie Woff. We are second movie into more, more, more. A little delayed because life being life and all that fun stuff. Things happen. <laughs> Things happen. We're both really good about seeing a movie a second time before we roll on it. Usually like maybe the last half, but not this one. But not this one. <laughs> and the reason why we put it, we decided to put this in chronological order of release was because this was leaving Tubi. Well, it's left Tubi. <laughs> And we couldn't see the this, second time. The ship has left this port. Yeah. The train has left the station. Anyway, we we, we made uh, inferences in Kickstart that this movie is the most 90s of all the movies that we're covering of the 90 movies. Because <laughs> they're all 90s movies. This movie might be the most 90s movie of the 90s. Yes. Of any movie made in the 90s. Seriously, you've got... Okay, when it came to the 80s... When you wanted to sell a horror movie, if that Stephen King wrote something, damn, that movie was getting made. That right. shit was getting totally. greenlit. I mean, Graveyard Shift, anything. <laughs> anything. Anything. In the 90s, though, that was Michael Crichton. Ding, 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 ding. Yeah. Anything that guy put out. Hell, his manuscripts were getting picked up. The rights were Dude. getting picked up long before publishing. I mean, almost as soon as it's hit his publisher's desk. Dude, after Jurassic Park, like, I mean, dude, they went back, they, they went back and started digging shit like Congo yeah. got a movie. <laughs> yeah. Well, then Jurassic Park was, again, it was the start of all that. I mean, he had done Coma and other movies yeah, like that yeah. prior. But I mean, no, like his resurgence, his 90s. Right. I think, it, I feel like the 90s was his most successful period for him as, yeah. as an author. And also, you know, as a guy who, I mean, he ended up directing movies, some yeah. of his own movies. Didn't mm -hmm. he, he directed Congo? Yeah, right? No? Am I wrong? I, you know, it's funny. Sometimes I ever think it's Stan Winston because Winston was so heavily involved in the second unit and all the animals were all their their uh, effects. So I, I can't recall. All I mean, remember most about that movie is what they did at Paramount, making the big thing with the hippopotamus gags that they did. Uh, oh, right. Out the water in the parking lot. But this movie, though, quintessential 90s studio movie. Right. The title... Yep. The fact that it's sourced from a Michael Crichton novel. It's got Demi Moore in it. It's got Michael Douglas in it. It's directed by Barry Levinson. And this was the kind of movie that Warner Brothers always put out. This is their this is their jam in the 90s. And of course, this is a Warner Brothers movie. This movie also <laughs> suffers from a lot a lot of 90s movies. This, this is the kind of movie when people say, oh man, the 90s has some really trashy movies. This is one of those. Yeah, totally. It's super trashy. It's super trashy. I mean, in a good way or, or just in that sort of 90s yeah. way. Like, I, I felt like a lot of it was for shock value. I, I felt oh, yeah. like I felt like a lot of like they're just trying to see how far they can push the envelope with with big stars. Like, right. I feel like this movie, if it was made, say, like in 88 or 87, yeah. it would have starred like Shannon Tweed. Yeah. <laughs> Shannon Tweed and... This um, is Perry King. <laughs> Perry King. That's so perfect. It's so perfect. And then let, okay. me just verify, let me just clarify things. Frank Marshall directed Congo. I'm sorry. Yeah, see, I had a feeling in my, there was some derivative there of... I feel like Crichton directed one of his one of these movies. Though. One of them he had to have directed. I want to say that he... Uh, I kind of, what is, why did I think he did Coma? Yeah, uh, I don't know. Maybe. I mean, maybe he did. I mean, the dude, you know, he was all over the place. Twister. He I mean, yeah, he really, if he wasn't, right. the dude was writing everything in right. the nineties and, and this, this being, yeah, like we said, the most nineties of it all. And oh yeah, I was right. Yeah. Coma. He did direct coma. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So there you go. 
but I mean, this movie, look, not only does it, it, but who else is in it? Who did I say the most nineties actress was a few, maybe a couple months ago. Who did I say when I saw her name? I'm like, Oh, this is the most nineties thing ever. Roma. Mafia. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. I mean, look, yeah. It, it, and Dylan Baker's in it. I mean, like, look, it's a nineties all-star yeah. card. It's like, a, <laughs> and you got, and you got Dennis Ugh. Milner doing his weekend update shtick. The whole thing is he's just doing shtick. Oh yeah. He even says babe. And yes, like five totally. Times. <laughs> Dude, I was like, literally, like, like I, I felt like he was just at, like they didn't write anything for right. him. They just said, you know, Dennis Miller wants to be in the movie. What's he gonna do? He's just gonna do his thing. He's gonna do Dennis Miller. But what he did in, in the net with Sandra Bullock wasn't anything like this. He actually was good in that. This he wasn't doing a bit. This was this is just like he said. He said, yeah. from- I mean, look, he's really good at being Dennis Miller. He really but, is. I mean, <laughs> it doesn't really work in this movie. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Like he's going to get like, there's one moment in the movie where Michael Douglas loses his, loses this project and and then they put Dennis Miller to head it. Now up to that point, you weren't buying Dennis Miller's character, even being in a position to do that. Now, but then when does Dennis Miller, it's like going, come on, dude, nobody in the right mind would <laughs> do that. No matter how vindictive Demi Moore might possibly be. Right. And Donald Sutherland in this playing the boss of this company. Bob Garvin. It was. I mean, he's probably my favorite thing about the movie because he is. Me too. Just, well, he, isn't he always like yes. your favorite thing when <laughs> yes. he's in a movie? Yeah. yeah, for sure. I mean, he's Donald Sutherland. Yeah, totally. And I, you know, I love Michael Douglas, dude. I mean, I I've seen I've, I've seen all of these Michael Douglas movies. Yeah. You know, up. Uh, you know, right up until I mean, Solitary Man. Like, yeah. I mean, if he's in it, I'm watching it. <laughs> Good, bad, ugly, indifferent, perfect, murder, and all. Right. But. Uh, his character Tom Sanders isn't that smart. <laughs> I mean, okay. for a you know, for a, I, I mean, he's kind of dumb. This guy is the <laughs> dumbest of rocks. Even dumb rocks are going. That guy's dumb. Yeah, totally. Like, <laughs> I got a box of rocks over here that thinks you're dumb. <laughs> I was. I don't know how far into it was when I texted you. Am I going, dude? I swear to God, I do not remember Tom being such a dipshit. We don't know what kind of person Demi Moore's character is. Right. But he does. Yes. And we don't know about the relationship prior other than that they had one and it was flighty to say the least and very yeah. involved. And what happens in this situation is Tom is supposed to get this this job. And Sutherland has more or less said that to him in the email. We've seen the emails. We know what's going on. There was even a, a, a CD-ROM being played, which is a, a catalyst of the entire project that he's working on. Again, what screams 80s? CD wrong conversation as if it was something in oh yeah <laughs> groundbreaking yeah exactly uh, I mean yeah it, there's a lot of funny there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff in it that just really sort of like smacks and you're like wow it, you know it, things that you sort of like I dude I couldn't remember the last time I heard the term CD wrong right. right like I was like are they having a conversation about yeah, this you you hear what? you hear CD used even less these days than yes. than maybe ten years ago obviously. But that the whole phrasing CD-ROM just sounds so bizarre to me. Yeah, like right, like like I forgot that they even called them that. I was like, is that a thing? CD CD-ROM? Oh yeah, I guess that's what it was. Sure, of course. So Tom gets screwed over, and they've hired Demi Moore because they find out he's hired outside the company, and then they're doing a big presentation, and but he hears her name ahead of time, so he's just kind of like, oh great, fuck, what does this mean for my job? And he starts worried about his job. 
He was, the, and he thought his competition. He thought that he thought uh, th- there was another woman that was kind of in the company already that was kind of vying for the position, and he thought it was just between the two of them. And so this whole hiring outside the company was a big surprise. Anyway, Tom still has his job after they had the big presentation and the pres- and the announced Demi Moore taking over the company and all this silly shit. And she says to him. To Demi Moore says to Tom, hey, uh, how about you come to my office later after everybody's done? And uh, and starts and she's obviously and she's doing it in front of his other people. She's doing it in front of his colleagues, his 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 subordinates, people on his team. Yeah. That he's gonna be she's invited him after hours. So what does he do? He's like, Oh, okay, I'll do that. And and so she says, uh, and, and escalates it by saying, uh, names a bottle of wine. And so they're clearly going to have a nice one-on-one. And now we don't know what's going on between the two of them, but it's clear she doesn't give a fuck about who knows right. that she's going to put the schmooze on him. Right. And it's what's, what's weird is like, I feel like, dude, she's, she's so flaunting it. it, it, it the, the kind of, the, there's just no plausibility. For no. This movie. You know what I mean? I mean, yeah. it's, it's literally like, what the fuck? Like all those people. And I'm, yeah, it's, it's, you know, how many, what the fuck, how many times did you say what the fuck? Dude, Either just out loud in, that, or in your Just mind. in that moment, just in that scene right there. I'm like, cause, cause even if he didn't have history with her, who does that? Right. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> gee, yeah, it, it's, it's such a weird movie. And, and I want to say that I feel like I remember, I think I read, I, I feel like I read the book before I saw this maybe. Cause there was a point like, again, like everybody yes. else in the world, <laughs> I jumped into all of Michael Crichton right. our books. I after Jurassic park, you know, I read that I read rising sun, you know, I bought disclosure, like, you know, probably the week it came out, but I remember thinking, man, this is, this is not a good book. Man. This is like, I felt like I was, you know, at that point I was ready to move on to John Grisham or something. <laughs> <laughs> and, and what's weird is like, this is Barry Levinson, right? Who right. has directed a ton of movies that we love. Right. And this is, I think this is hot off of maybe Bugsy was, uh, no, Bugsy, last, Bugsy was three before years this? before this. He had, he had, dude, he had, was there something in Jimmy between Hollywood Jimmy Hollywood before this? <laughs> <laughs> okay. So Jimmy Hollywood was the start of like his uneven career. Cause he did another Crichton. He did sphere a couple years after this, right? which is another, but he did, and he did sleepers then the year after that, uh, right. after this. So like one, like one of one out of those four movies is, is probably good. Yeah, Sleepers is good. I mean, the last time I remember yeah. seeing it was good. I mean, at least yes. it has it's a an, movie I haven't seen since it came it out. It has an amazing ensemble. I'll just say that yeah. about it. That that uh, that no matter how good or bad the movie may be, at least there's that. <laughs> but, right. I mean, and and again, I mean, I, I like Barry Levinson. I mean, I was I've always been a fan since I saw Diner. Right. right? The Natural Diner. Avalon, Tin Men, all everything up yeah. to, and and again, it's not like I don't like Disclosure. It's entertaining in a kind of like look what the <laughs> look at the nineties right. kind of way. Right. <laughs> but I feel like this movie is the most extreme. It like tried to one up all of the other sort of erotic nineties thrillers, right. Right? right? That Basic Instinct, all of them, even even Sliver. Yeah, I feel it has more plausibility and yeah. credibility than this movie. Right. This movie is like, it's just hard to, I don't know, man. It's hard to like watch it and not go, what the fuck? Well, at least like when you see, okay, look at Sliver. Okay, you got a big tech thing in it because you have all those closed circuit televisions right. and everything like that. You got a tech in this that you want me to believe is real. 
in that you all you had to be is like mildly aware of computer technology at that time and go, this is so fucking stupid. Even lawnmower man's going, um, hello, you guys, yeah. Hi. what are you doing? <laughs> right. The, the things that are fun are D- Demi is fucking great. I mean, she, she is oh, yeah. just, dude, she is just chewing scenery. She's like chewing it up and spitting it out. And she's just, she's just going for it. Right. And she's like, you know, I feel like this is the movie where she sort of like hits the height of her powers. Mm-hmm. Like, right. Like, you know, she's like, I'm doing this shit and I'm doing it my way. Right. right. I'm cause it's kind of like, it's, it's, it's role reversal, obviously. Right. right. That's, that was the big thing, right. The big, Oh my gosh, this happens. We've seen this movie, but usually it's the man and da, da, da. Right. And I don't know. I can't, here's the thing. I saw it when it came out. Now this is our premise of the show. Better remember. Do you remember it? No. More fondly than no. you. Rem- I mean, do you do you, did you like it better then? Was it better or you know how did I, I'm because I can't remember how I, I felt about it then. Let's put it this way: I see how overly absurd it is more so now than I did then. Yes, and, but I like it more for the of its of its absurdity and not giving a shit than I did yeah. back then. Me too. Yeah, I think I liked. I think I enjoyed it more. More, get it? Yeah. I think I enjoyed it. I don't know if it's if I enjoyed it more than I did then. I just enjoyed because it's different other aspects it's, of it, right? It's 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 like what we talked about, even with Mortal Thoughts. It's your mindset yeah, is totally. so different because we both looked at her her character so differently now, twenty two years later than we did right. when we saw it the first time. Yeah, I think the, I feel the same way about this too. Is like I already knew she could play that part. I already knew she can kind of own it. Um, but it's funny, like if you think about the the role reversal, we'll swap, we'll swap the genders out here. Even in the situations where a man is overpowering a woman, he said in a scenario like this, as far as like not in real life, but I mean like in narrative dramatic form like this, dude's not that aggressive like that. And I and I get why she is, but I also don't think women that end up in those situations aren't stupid. Like Tom, they end up in an unfortunate situation because they're overpowered. He's just dumb. Yeah, totally. You know what I mean? And that's the thing that, so that's the absurd part of it because again, you're going back to the plausibility of it. Just what man would do this? Now, here's some more implausible, just nonsense for you. What woman would stick around? Right. Like his wife does. Not only stick around, but even after sitting in the depositions that they have to go through when they're going over all the details. And Tom doesn't pull any punches. He's very honest about what happens. They don't fully fornicate, but they do enough to where sure, her trust should have been way out the fucking window, regardless of how abusive the Meredith character was in the movie. I mean, it's just... And at the end of the day... For nobody to fucking learn their goddamn lesson from what they just experienced. Right. Everybody moves on with their lives. And like, it's just. Yeah. I mean, I guess that's the the one thing. I mean, I get, I mean, I guess that's kind of one of the, yeah, I, I, I'd have to watch some more of this, you know, of this 90s subgenre to see if that's a thing that, I mean, you know, I'm trying to, I feel like. Michael Douglas learned his lesson in Basic Instinct, maybe. Right. And uh, Sharon Stone learned her lesson in uh, Sliver, but, but maybe they didn't. I don't know. Yeah. It, it's it's a weird thing. The the craziest thing, now let me ask, did you remember that Donald Logue was in this movie? No. And how, dude, I mean, how young does he look? Holy a shit. Baby. Because 
Yeah. Dude, because here's the thing. The first thing I ever really remember him in, like when I think, oh yeah, is Blade right. or Fear. I don't remember which one came first. I think maybe Blade came out before Fear or whatever, but that's like 97, 98. But this is like 94 or not. So they, I mean, dude, I, I had to like literally stop it and like freeze for him back up to be like, oh, God damn it. That's him. Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah. Because he looks like he's like 17 years old. Yeah. He, <laughs> he's a baby in it. Which he was, well, he was, what he was probably, tw- yeah, he was 22. There you go. Yeah. Fuck. I know. Right? Crazy. <laughs> Oh, wait, I can't count. He was 28. <laughs> I was going to say that's something more right. Um, yeah. We talked about um, about Tony Pierce Roberts recently when we did, um, fuck, what was it that we covered? Oh, when we talked about him because of Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, but I thought he, we, I thought we covered him on something. Oh, I know what it was. My my lead-in was we were going to, we were almost covered him during failed franchises because we were going to cover Doom and he shot Doom Oh, also. right, 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 yeah. right, right. But he's great, man. He did. He he got nominated for doing Howard's End, and I want to say remains of the, the day. View, I think it was remains of the remains day. Remains of the day, right? But he, but he, this guy was doing Oscar fodder for years, and then all of a sudden he kind of broke out and was doing bigger feature films uh, for studio movies. And this was like his. Well, I want to say the client was probably the first real big high profile. Speaking of, speaking of John Grisham. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and he did that. The, well, he did the client yeah, he, the year before, right? No, no, same year. It came out the same year. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Oh, dude, right. He shot the dark half. Yes. Because we, we I, no, I think we had an off No, I, right? we've we've teased talk with doing, we covered, if we did an all king month, that would be one of the movies we covered. Yeah. Yeah. Again, when you're watching a movie like this from the 90s, a studio movie, you're already, you've conceded the look and the production value. You expect high production value across the board and you get that here. This is, I mean, totally the, the silly tech aside, the scouting locations that they, they came up with, uh, that building that they worked in was fucking incredible. Yeah. I, I mean, totally. I don't know how much of that was, I'm, I'm guessing it was partial build because it looks like it might've been built in oh, a yeah. warehouse. It's hard yeah, to tell. I mean, there, there's definitely some build, like the offices and stuff. Yeah. And that stuff's all built. And it's all, I mean, it's all glass and metal beams. And it's a, I mean, it is. Yeah. It is what you would think to see up in the Bay Area, like to where, or to Seattle. Yeah. Yeah. It's very modern. Yeah. Like, um, it, you know, it's funny is I, cause I, what I was talking about, it reminded me design wise of bad company or bad company reminded me of, you know, yes. just the similar style architecture. Very, very steel and glass kind of vibe. Yeah, yeah I agree. Yeah. The, the thing that, that, that is just funny about it is it feels like, it feels like episodic television, doesn't it? Yeah. It's funny because I feel, yes, it feels very much like, um, an R rated episode of law and order. Yeah, <laughs> it does. Not Law and Order, um, L.A. Law there's, or right. there's no surprises. Well, what's the other Civil Wars yeah. that you had the spinoff of L.A. Law? Right, there's no surprises, and w- right. again, because the movie's so absurd, once he proves that she's full of shit, right, the whole plot afterwards is just like, oh come on, can you just say the movie's over? <laughs> Yeah, I know, right? It, I mean, it's long too, dude. It's so, I mean, I, I was like, good lord. And 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 on Tubi, it's you know, because it's 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 two hours and ten minutes or something. Yeah. But on Tubi, it's closer to two forty because of, you know of all the little commercial breaks and stuff. Right. I, I was like, God, man, I, I was having like 
I was like, Jesus Christ, dude, this movie, yeah. I don't remember it being this long. I hadn't seen it in 30, because this is going to be the 30-year anniversary this December. I know. It came out, you know, it was a Christmas, it came out at Christmas time right. in 94. It was a big studio release for Christmas. And I think it kind of tanked, though. I feel like, you know, no, the $10 I mean, million dollar opening, they were like, ooh. I mean, I feel like they thought it was going to make more. Yeah, well, probably. I mean, but it still made $214 million as far as the box office Worldwide, goes. Sure. That's not, yeah. I mean, that's not terrible. On a 50, in a $55 million budget. Yes. But you know, with a movie like this, again, it's going to be seen mostly at night, but it's not too much past the two hour mark to where it would cost them a screening every day. But this isn't the kind of movie people see at 11 o'clock in the morning anyway. So no, totally. But especially not around Christmas. People aren't hitting a Christmas matinee. How many adults though are going to go see a 10 o'clock movie? That's not going to get them out till 10, 12, 15, 12, 20. You know, right? You, you shave this. Yeah, you shave totally. this movie down to one fifty, one fifty five. You still get the point across. The absurdity's still there. There's just less of it, and you know, and you can not get more screenings every day, but just put more people in the seats. I bet them. I bet they probably could hit two seventy five, two eighty if they would have made a shorter movie by fifteen minutes. Yeah, I mean, they could have shaved some off. Yeah. I mean, again, I, I, what, what? I mean, you know, don't. I mean, just give me my red pen. I can. I'm sure I can. I could take. Uh, you know, I could cut out t- ten minutes easily. I could put it right around one fifty nine. <laughs> when he burns her, right? When he gets mm. he gets the documents that show that she was there and all that kind of crap. They could have cut the plot situation in half and then did proper editing and just made it work. I mean, I was watching going, that's what I would have done. I can, in my mind, I rewound it. I'm like, oh yeah, you could have changed that, this and this and this. Reword this, did a little VO, a little ADR, loop a session for this, and kind of rewrite the script, so to speak. It happens fucking all the time. And it already happened in this movie. You know it did. Every movie does it. And they could have made this movie under two hours, and I think they would have had a better turnout. Because here's the thing, 94, man, he was much of a draw as she was, but she was like, she, oh, yeah. she was at this point what she had done. She had done, I mean, she had just done a decent proposal the year before, right? Yeah. And also I think a uh, few good men. Yeah. Right before that. Right. So she, cause she had yeah. done so many movies. Like we talked about during moral thought, she did so many movies. She's doing two or three movies a year, sometimes four. And when she did a decent proposal and a few good men, Again, much smaller part for a few good men than a decent proposal, but she only did one movie each of those two years. So she was slowing down a little bit and being a little more particular about what she was doing. Right. And this one, she had a big payday. I remember when I remember seeing this one, the front page of the trade, she got a big chunk of change for this movie. Like, and I can't recall what it was. And unfortunately, I couldn't track down the information. But at one point, yeah, I mean, Annette Benning was being discussed to play Meredith. Mm-hmm. Obviously, they, they had a, her and Barry had a really good working relationship on Bugsy. And then Gina Davis and Michelle Fiverr were being talked about at one point before, after Annette passed down on it because she got pregnant. That's the only reason she didn't work on it. I mean, this wasn't, this was one of many movies that I think it was like two or three movies that Annette Benning had to drop out of because she was pregnant. Wasn't she supposed to be in one of the Batman movies? I think she was supposed to. Wasn't she supposed be to Catwoman, be Catwoman? Uh, wasn't she? Yeah, I think she was. Well, she was. Yeah, one of the one of the options for Catwoman. Right. I f- I feel like still uh, even at that point, like I felt like Michelle Pfeiffer. Yeah. Kind of had that locked in. Or, yeah, it had to be that one, right? Because it certainly wasn't. No, because she wouldn't have been the first one. Or was she supposed to be in? Uh, was she supposed to be in Batman? The other Bat, the one with Kilmer as the Nicole Kidman. 
I don't remember. We don't, we don't want to talk about that Batman movie anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but when, when did the, I feel like this is, there was like Demi Moore could do whatever at this right. point because like she'd already done, you know, cause I mean, I remember at the height of her fame, like she was, she had done the Vanity Fair, you know, she did the pregnant, the naked, the nude pregnant cover. She was like, dude, she was a boss, yep. bro. She was a oh, boss yeah. and she was a boss going into this movie. And even though Michael Douglas was probably, I don't know. It's funny, man. I feel like they were, it's the one time when I feel like the female and male lead were literally were like, they're both the draw. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I, then she, and I feel like maybe she was on the rise and he, I don't know. I mean, but this was definitely her. And dude, I mean, and again, like I said, she's just going for it in this movie. Right. I kind of love, I kind of love it as absurd as her performance is. Um, her character is just, Dude, she's she's borderline psychotic. Oh yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't even know if borderline is necessary. It reminded me her her performance is a little it's a little bit more I mean, I don't know, is it more nuanced or a little less nuanced than um than Jennifer Jason Lee in single white female. Right. <laughs> kind of. I don't know. I was watching it and I was saying, God, this is kind of like single white female. Yeah. Uh I guess but you know, instead of uh, it, you know, but I just, it kind of had that same vibe and, and, but I was like, God bless her, man. You know, she was, she, look, she made the most of her opportunity. Oh, yeah. I'm going to say that for sure. Like they were like, here, here's a giant studio movie that we're going to open in December. Go for it. And she just did. I think that's great. Right. The thing that about this movie that is, it's again, the people involved in it, are the I mean the draw? I mean even Levinson was a draw. I mean it was like you know oh, yeah. you, you know after Dude, Rain Man, I mean, A list director. Didn't he? I mean after this, didn't he do? Uh, was it? Did was his next movie after this? Wasn't it? Wag oh no he did Sleepers after this and then Wag the Dog. Well, he did Sleepers then Sphere. No Wag the and then Dog. Wag the Dog or Wag the Dog then Sphere. Yeah 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 yeah. But but dude, he was on a roll. He was still like you know he was that guy. He was. He was an A-list director, man. He was the guy who got these, you know, all of his movies right. had big stars, big budgets. Right. This is our second movie with him because we did Young Sherlock Holmes earlier and we talked yeah. about, mm-hmm. we talked about the movies that came after this, but you know, how, here's the thing that's funny. Okay. We talked about, we talked about Sherlock Holmes and how much his work in Diner and Natural, you could see things in there that were kind of, that his fingerprints, you can tell there's like certain things that he did in all three of those movies that we could see. And a lot in Young Sherlock Holmes, even those movies are so vastly different. So, but with this, with Disclosure, what do you see in this movie that's very Barry Levinson that you've seen in Dude, other movies? I was just going to say, the well, here's what I was going to say. This is the most un-Barry Levinson yes, movie exactly of any Barry Levinson movies. Exactly what I was getting at. <laughs> this could have been directed by anybody. Anybody. It could have been directed by anybody. Yes, that's kind of what I was getting at because there's nothing yeah. you could see in here. Because you watch Good Morning Vietnam and Tin Men, which you're yes. saying here, you could feel his. Yes, his, there's a very. Yeah. I feel like he didn't have any of his. I don't want to say stock players, but you know, like what I'm saying is like you know, like back in the day, like directors would they always use and 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 dude, Levinson did it through Tin Men and yeah. Avalon. He, there were always character directors. I don't see any of those people no. in this movie. No. It was almost. It yeah. was almost like he got. You know who I would have rather seen than Dennis Miller in this movie, Paul Reiser. Well, here's what's nuts about the thing. Crichton wrote that character specifically with him in mind. 
Was Riser in his novel? No, <laughs> oh, Dennis Miller? Miller. Yeah, yeah. I know. I mean, I read that, but I was <laughs> I just like, that. I'm like, what? <laughs> yeah, I guess we know what he. I guess we know what he was doing on Saturday night. It's around 11:30, between 11:30 and 12. It felt like stunt casting to me. That's what it felt like. Yeah. No, 100% it felt it like stunt casting. It was probably the most exact casting you could have done for the movie, apparently. Right. <laughs> yes. They're, well, it's like they didn't, it's just like they went, go get Miller. I don't care. And and Miller was probably at a point in his career where he was like, yeah, I'll do it. Yeah. Because, I mean, I, I I can count on one hand the movies I can think of that have Dennis Miller in them. Well, yeah, that's what I mean. I think the I, net, I mentioned the this net. And, this and the net. And uh, <laughs> the... Um, Bordello of Blood. Oh, right, right. And he was actually There's fine in that, but he was more like Weekend he Update. Was playing, we know he was playing. He, we, we wanted we him to be Dennis because Miller. Of, because of the, the whole vibe of the movie was exactly that, right? Right, and we wanted him to be Dennis Miller in Bordello of Blood. But in this, yeah, I mean, to me, like somebody like Paul Reiser would have been better. Yeah. Like, and, and Reiser was one of those guys who... You know, it was in Diner and, uh, you know, I, I feel like this is a movie, again, a big, big, a big studio movie and Levinson, maybe this was just a movie like it was his do one for them, do one for me. You know what maybe, I mean? I feel like maybe, I, I mean, uh, I'll, they, they, like, we'll let you make Jimmy Hollywood, but you have to do it. <laughs> that was the, that was the, you know, I mean, if it, I mean, I don't know, man, it's like, and then they were like, they saw Jimmy Hollywood and they're like, fuck man, okay. we made a deal, dude, we have to stick to it. Okay. Well, here's the thing. In his in his entire career, there's only been one time that he did two movies in a year, or one other time, and that was Ten Men and Good Morning Vietnam. Right. Now, recently came that was, but that was released. They were, I, I think, Good Morning Vietnam was was delayed quite a bit, or or Ten Men. One of the two was delayed a bunch. But I think Jimmy Hollywood, I think he was a director for hire. I can't find it anywhere, but I think he was hired. I think somebody else was supposed to be on this because it, like, you and he noted, just jumped in. I think, I think it was. It's one of the situations like you could put him in the helm and he can take care of business because, like you noted, key players that you usually see in there in the rest of his movies supporting his his star players are usually there and they're not. Yeah, so, I think that's probably what happened. It would explain like the, the, the again for only the second time in his career that he did two movies in the same year. Sure. I mean, this and look at the, and look at the spread on it too. I mean, disclosure was what like first week of December, right? Yeah. And April first, <laughs> out of all days for right. Jimmy Hollywood. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> April Fool, motherfuckers. <laughs> yeah. Uh, again, I did enjoy this, but you know, it, but but again, like you said, for different oh, reasons, yeah. for reasons other than you know whatever. I enjoyed it for when I saw it when I was twenty three, twenty four, whatever, and. uh Again, I'm I'm glad we I'm glad we revisited because I I don't know that I would have ever no. I don't know that I would have ever watched this again. <laughs> right. Well, no, just because I mean it it's not something that I was ever, it's not a Michael Douglas movie like dude I can't tell you how many times I've seen Star Chamber and I, you know I was oh, talking right. with somebody at work today and they were like what I've never even heard of that that sounds cool I'm like yeah dude you guys see Star Chamber but you know I, I've never said to anybody dude you guys see Disclosure <laughs> and I probably won't. Well, that was the thing too is like with. I mean, there, I mean, emphatically, and I mean, and I mean this, and I, and I mean just 100% true as truth. I don't recall us ever talking about covering any Michael Douglas movie with one exception, and that's Black Rain. I, I can't recall yeah. anything else. That he well uh, that we've any movie he's done we've talked about like like yeah we we did we did we talked because we did we've talked about the Star Chamber before when we talked about Himes we mentioned Star well, Chamber no but I meant from the standpoint like we're gonna cover one of his movies because it was a Michael Douglas oh. movie 
Right. Well, we talked about Black Rain and we might have talked about, um, what was the other one we possibly, I, I think, I feel like we talked about, well, we talked about Black Rain for sure. You know, here's one thing we did do. We did talk about like, all right, what if we did an old Michael Douglas month and we couldn't come up with four? That'd be one. Oh, of, I could come up with four. No, the, we, I couldn't, I couldn't agree on four. <laughs> I was like going. War of the Roses. Okay. That would, but I mean, but I'm saying it was War of the Roses and it was Black, Black Rain. Rain. I couldn't think of it. Anything else you threw at me, I'm like, eh. Romancing the Stone. Okay. That, okay. So we did get the three. Cause I, that what I do. <laughs> Actually, you know, come to think of it. I don't think War of the Roses came up. I think, but, but Romancing the Stone, I think we talked about. Yeah. But we talked about that. Maybe we were doing that from the standpoint of because we were going to do. Remember, we were going to do. A, we were going to do. It was when we were going to do a Zemeckis thing, and that. But we. I'm just saying. There's a ton of. But right, it's not like we've ever like. There's not a whole bunch. No. It's like we never talked about covering. We we never mentioned ever covering Perfect Murder. Right. <laughs> <laughs> no. And honestly, here we are doing a Michael Douglas movie, but it's not. We're not doing it because of, we're doing it for him. We're doing it because it's more, more, more. Right. And again, we're doing it because again, this was the, the big draw at this point in my mind was her. Right. Like even though Michael Douglas was still kind of riding the high, but I want to say maybe, maybe Black Rain wasn't as big. I feel like Black Rain is a movie that people that love it, love it. But I feel like it was a movie that kind of misfired. It, did, it didn't really find its footing. And I feel like right. there was a point Michael Douglas did a lot of movies in the nineties, but I mean, I feel like maybe only a couple of them elevated up to a, you know, a hit level. Like, right. I feel like his, you know, but her stock was definitely all oh, the way yeah. up Dude, at, yeah. when, when she did this. I think, you know, now that I'm thinking about it, Ian, after talking about him for a little bit, do you think people got a little jaded with him about seeing, because the movie, if you watch the trailer, the movie presents us more like, Basic instinct style, uh, you know, yeah, it, totally, it, or, or it's kind of a attraction. Was like going, was like going, yeah. Do you want to see him in his role again? It's like, oh god, he's doing a movie like this again, right? You know, no, no. I I totally think that's part of what happened, and also it's kind of a bait and switch because it's not really that. No. It's presented like that, but it's not that. It's more of a cor- it's more of uh, just corporate drama is really what it comes down to, and yeah, and I, and I would even categorize it as a thriller because I were you ever thrilled? No, never. <laughs> no, I know. Uh, no, but I mean, I was entertained. Yes, no, a, no, exactly. But, but I'm I, saying, I, I, don't know how to, I, don't, a, I don't know how to categorize it is what I'm kind of getting at. I don't know how to. Sure. And again, I don't, the the film watcher in me that enjoys the absurdest movie, that's what I, that's what I. Yeah, totally. I, that's what I like I mean, about this movie. I think I'm enjoying it ironically. Yes, 100%. <laughs> and we didn't watch it to shit it. That's the thing. It was like, no, was, and we're not. It I mean, was like, we picked movies that we both were very fond of. Yeah. In hindsight, now Mortal Thoughts is like, going, I like the movie more because we, we yeah, both totally. realized how much, how much nuance that are the performances, the, 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 sto- the story is. And then. And it's one of those times where we saw went from a movie that we really enjoyed to really like it even more than we did before because yeah. we see it totally no, no, different. For sure. This one is like, yeah. I think I liked it more than I saw it the first time, but for drastically different reasons. Correct. Yeah. Me too. Yeah. I, I do like this more than I did when I saw it when it came out. Yeah. But the reasons I like it are probably not the reasons that one should like it. Like I think right. I'm 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 looking at like things and being like, yeah, that's funny. Right. <laughs> this is entertaining because it's dumb <laughs> it's or so whatever. Silly. It's, so it's just silly. Yeah. And, and it's okay because there's nothing wrong with a silly movie. No. Um look here, it never bores me. No. I'm never like uh I'm never looking at something going, God, this looks just like shit. <laughs> I mean, it's a good looking movie. It, it's yeah. well made. Yeah. The performances are all good. 
the writing is the writing's not bad. It's just from okay. the source Ooh. material. It's it's just silly, dude. So I, here's one. I mean, there, there's a couple lines that I they're super. There there's a lot of there's a there's a few cringe worthy moments, and I don't know. I don't know if it's the delivery or if it's what there is no way to deliver it that's not cringy, right? Right. I mean, you know what I mean. You, I'm, and I bet you know what I'm talking about. Which lines I'm talking about? Yeah, because yeah, <laughs> there's a there's there's quite a few. But was it fun to watch? Sure. Do you know what adds to the silliness that happens on screen? Is the score the score? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that I was like, I almost forgot to talk about it because Morricone does a score in this, and yeah, it's it it's, seems. It's, I, mean, I love so, him. It's so juxtaposition to what you're seeing on screen. But right, doesn't it? Doesn't it feel like they they were they were like again? It's a big Hollywood movie, yes. and they're like, hey, we got Barry Levinson <laughs> and we got Ennio Morricone. But did you need them? Like, no. It, they, they both just seem like this is not their kind of movie, no. but we got them. Right. So let's do it. And it just, yeah. Do I like the score? Yes. But do I like the score for this movie? Not really. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, the score is really good. But if you played me these cues and I, li- you know, and I, if you asked me what movie I they're would, from, <laughs> if I, would you know? No. I would never guess no. disclosure. No. No. Yeah. Me neither. Yeah. Anyway, so there's disclosure for you. I wish we could tell you to watch it on something, but it's not, you got yeah. to rent it. If you're I mean, <laughs> you got to pay three ninety nine for it if you want to see it now. Yeah, <laughs> but after listening to this, you might want to. Yeah, maybe <laughs> I don't know. Maybe you want to just go stream that Morricone score, or just maybe go to Spotify and you know find the uh, score. I'm sure it's there yeah. somewhere. There you go. In closing. I'll say this to, to round out disclosure as far as the most nineties um, movie of the nineties. Yeah, uh, yeah. The name of the company that Tom works for is called Digicom. <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, I was like, okay, do you guys, anybody here, have you guys watched family guy enough to where yes. one of the cutaways is like going to make a joke about Stephen King that they'll buy anything that he writes. And he's sitting there with his publisher and he's got nothing. And he kind of like looking right at the publisher and he shifts his eyes and sees a lamp on the table. I got a story about a demonic lamp. All right. Give it to us. <laughs> yeah. It, right. That, Digicom is the kind of lazy writing that I oh, didn't expect from Michael Crichton. But if you made that, that Stephen King joke about Michael Crichton, yes. Family Guy, that's what that fits that role totally. perfectly. Because the man was a tremendous novelist. He's so was a, he's written some really yeah, amazing dude. stuff. I dude, I, I I enjoy the shit out of probably a dozen of his books. Yeah. But this is when this is a period of time like we we're talking about where he was just farting them out. Yeah, man, like literally, like he was just like, ah, he's writing them left-handed or something. I, I don't know. Um, it's uh, it's ghostwriting for him. Digi, yeah, man. Digi, absolutely. The, the last thing I'm going to say about this, this is the tagline on the poster. It kills me, dude. Like, sex is power. <laughs> it's just so like. Okay. By the way, sex is power. In the so nineties, in the dude. movie, and in the movie, what have he established about what about sexual harassment? It's about power. So, yeah. really, is the sex the power, or is it just the control? Yeah, you know, what I'm saying that they're the again, just like with the trailer, that poster, it betrays what the movie itself is, or maybe the movie betrays the, what's being sold. 
Yes. That's all I'll say that. Anyway, it's super silly. It's super fun. You want 90, you want to, you want to, you want the nineties, the nineties, look no further than disclosure with Michael Douglas and Demi more, more, more. And Donald Sutherland. And Donald Sutherland. God damn, he's so great in this too. Again, yeah. everything, right? <laughs> there you go. So you want to follow the show on the socials. You can follow us at Karate Pod on Twitter, Insta, and Letterboxd. If you want to follow Corey on Letterboxd, it's Corey underscore Culp. And on Instagram, is Culprit97. And if you want to follow some other socials and other linkage, you can look at the bottom of our episode show notes under Karate in the Garage linkage, and you'll find everything there. If you'd like to follow me on Instagram, I'm at rockandroller33. If you'd like to follow me on Letterboxd, I'm at Tom Cody on Letterboxd. If you'd like to follow me at Blue Sky, it's the real John Ladd at Blue Sky. Mm-hmm.